Hello everyone, and welcome to the Revival in Jesus Way podcast. Glad to have you with us, and glad you decided to stop in and listen to the show. I'm Tim, my wife's name is Anne, and we're going to try to get her in on some of the episodes that we have in the future. The Revival in Jesus Way, just to describe the purpose of this being the first episode, the purpose is to uh, try to bring up and talk about some things that are neglected in the church today, overall. And um, our main concern is to see people be able to grow in Christ and to continue growing in their life. Um, something that we noticed in our own Christian lives where there's kind of a point of growing that uh, you kind of get stopped at a lot of times in the church culture today, where it's it's very hard to continue on. And we think a lot of that is as because of some kind of wrong ideas that have gotten into a lot of the, the culture nowadays, into the church culture nowadays, and also just some things in general, general that have been neglected. One of the reasons we call it revival in Jesus' way is because when we look back at the scriptures, uh, we see a way of walking with Jesus. We see a way of living with Jesus that seems radically different than a lot of times the way that we live in the church today. So we started this podcast because we want to kind of bring some of those things out. We want to put them on the table for discussion. Uh, We feel like the podcast is a good way of doing that. It will kind of give us a more non-offensive way to begin to discuss these things. And hopefully people will enjoy it. Hopefully you'll be blessed by it. Hopefully it'll challenge your way of thinking about the scriptures, challenge your way of thinking about Christian life, specifically how you live out the Christian life, and um, maybe it'll really help you pursue Jesus. In the end, if if this podcast is helping you pursue Jesus more than it's meeting its purpose. When we thought about what things to talk about for this podcast, one of the first things that came out that we talked about again and again were what we refer to as Christian cliches. When we're talking about Christian cliches, what we mean is things that are talked about a lot of the church today, but aren't necessarily biblical, don't really have a good backing behind them. They're kind of these things we just say again and again, um, and we feel like, oftentimes, as a group, as a collective, we feel like that they're they're right, but then um, actually when you begin to examine them, um, they kind of fall apart pretty quickly. And so I guess that's that's the idea of when we think about cliche is it's something that's actually very weak, but then it's very strongly held in the church. Um, the first one, there's a whole list of these. The first one is this cliche picture that the pastor is the shepherd, the people in the congregation are the sheep, and the main goal in a church is to make the sheep, to feed the sheep, to keep the sheep to be pretty strong sheep in general and um, that they can be taken care of. They can be protected from wolves and things like that. They can be helped and sheltered. And and basically that's the picture. The pastor is kind of doing this sheltering, shepherding work. Congregation is being fed slowly. They are being protected. And that's about it. Um, that's the... The life of the church is kind of being protected, being held, being taken care of um, by these shepherds. So there are some verses that support um, this mindset a little bit. 
Um, like, for instance, you have at the end of John, the dialogue between Peter and John, after Peter and Jesus, after Peter had sinned against Jesus by denying him three times, after Jesus rose from the dead, he um, confronts Peter um, while he's out fishing, and he, he sits down and is having a meal with him, and he, he eats this fish, and he's having this breakfast with them, like a fish breakfast, fish sandwich breakfast. And um, Jesus says, uh, you know, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? And uh, Peter says, uh, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he says it three times. He said this to, three, to him three different times. And then Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him and asked him this third time. And he said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you that when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted, and when you're, you're old, you'll stretch out your hands, and someone else will dress you and lead you to where you don't want to go. So Jesus is admonishing Peter as a leader. Hey, go feed my sheep. And so there is this kind of picture of, right there of Peter is a shepherd, in a way, being called to be a shepherd, and being called to feed sheep, being called to feed Jesus' people. Um, in what we would assume in a, in a spiritual way, to give them spiritual food. First Peter 5.2 also kind of takes this up, and Peter admonishes some leaders to be shepherds of God's flock um, that is under your care, watching over them, not because you must, but because you are willing. So Peter is admonishing these people to to care for the flock that's been placed under them, the people specifically placed under them. So that sounds a lot like a shepherd and sheep. You know, shepherd needs to take care of their sheep. Uh, we also have tons of examples from like the letters of Titus and things like that, where Paul, letter of Timothy, where Paul is talking about deacons, overseers. He's talking about structure in the church, leaders, and there's this idea that they should be shepherding, taking care of the flock. As you can see from these verses, it's not completely unbiblical to say that a pastor is like a shepherd, that the people are like sheep in some way. Um, but then I think if once you take more than a casual look, you start to see that this picture is, if you just hold this picture, if that's the way that you see a church and a congregation, then you're seeing it wrong. You're, you're having a distorted picture. Um, because a lot of um, the pictures in the Bible right, that Jesus gave, it's meant to be one angle on a bigger picture. And we're meant to look at all the angles and see what, this thing really is. So one instance um, that I can think of is Jesus' parable of the unrighteous judge, right? This lady is begging him and begging the judge. And finally the judge gives in because she begs and begs and begs. And she just says, praying the fathers like that, that um, we should be persistent. Now, Jesus isn't saying, and we shouldn't take it, that God is a evil judge who doesn't want to give you things and you need to beg him for things and then he'll eventually give it to you. That's not what Jesus is trying to say. He's trying to say that this example, even this evil judge would give, and you need to look at all the examples Jesus is giving of the Father and also take in those things from Old Testament Scripture, and then you can start to have a clearer picture of the Father. Jesus is trying to help you understand one element, right? Um, so when we get these pictures in Scripture, we really have to be constantly taking a look at all of Scripture, and then comparing it, and then fitting it into where does it actually fit? How do we actually look at the whole picture? So let's get a different angle on this. So 
Uh, Luke 640 um Jesus says, a disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone, when he is fully trained, will be like his teacher. And Jesus kind of gives us the time in this passage um, in Luke 6. He's kind of talking about how we will become like those that we imitate. And um, he's, in a way, when you read um, Luke chapter 6, within the context there, he's he's talking about not just kind of following him, but also if you're following these kind of Jewish leaders that aren't doing such a good job, um, that you'll become like that. If one person is going to fall in a pit, they're blind. If you follow them, you're also going to fall into a pit. But the implication is also, if you begin to follow Jesus, that you will begin to become more like Jesus. You'll begin to take on the elements, the, the ways of being of the master. So anyone, he said, a disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone, every person, when he's fully trained, will be like his teacher. So that if you have a teacher, Jesus is saying, and he is the great teacher, that if you're following that teacher, that you will become like that teacher. So there's this picture here, right, of becoming like the one who's teaching you, eventually growing to become like that person. And we see this again in a few different places, but I don't want to jump around scriptures too much. Um, We'll go to Matthew 28:19 and 20, which is the Great Commission. A lot of people know this. Jesus says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, end of the age. So Jesus again presents this, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. So in other words, you have been discipled to a certain point. You need to teach others to become like you have become. In all the ways that you're following me, they need to follow me. He says, teach them to observe. So not just teach them to learn or kind of know about it, or have a head knowledge. You know, there's that kind of, it is kind of destroys this picture of the, the shepherd and the sheep because eventually the sheep are supposed to evolve into shepherds. They're supposed to evolve and to be like the one who's teaching them and leading them. They're, supposed to observe all that I have commanded you. You know, there aren't any of those areas I've commanded you. There's none of those places that I've taught you that you aren't supposed to teach these people who you're teaching, these disciples. So there's this, so this is one way we see if a disciple is meant to be like his teacher, if you're meant to teach those people under your purview to be like you, to observe the things of Jesus, just like you have been taught, then this picture of a shepherd and the sheep is kind of falling apart. You, it doesn't really make complete sense to look at a congregation of pastor just that way. We see this again, the admonition in Hebrews, um, chapter 5, verses 12 through 14. Um, the writer of Hebrews, who we don't know exactly who it is, some would speculate and say it's Paul, but we don't really know exactly who the author of Hebrews is. But we... We consider Hebrews as scripture. It was written um, during the generation right after Jesus. We assume that this person was some kind of an apostle. We just don't know exactly which one he was. We know that he was writing with authority. Um, seems to be to the Jewish believers at, at the time. He says, For though by this time you ought to be teacher, you, you need someone to teach you again the elementary principles of the oracles of God. You have come to need milk and not solid food. So there's this picture 
of um of different kinds of food for different kinds of times at one point the writer of hebrews is saying it was good for you to have milk but then you ought to move on you ought to continue on to have solid food even says by now you should be teachers so by now you should you know as collectively he's talking to a large group of believers not just talking to he doesn't just have the pastors in the room right now he has all Christians in the room right now all these Jewish Christians and he's saying for by now you ought to be teachers you guys you guys should have moved on from being kind of sheep like to being shepherd like so he said and then he goes on he says for everyone who partakes only of milk is accustomed is not accustomed to the word of righteousness for he is an infant but solid food is for the mature who because of practice have their senses trained to discern good and evil. So there's this practicing in the things that they had learned and they're meant to grow and they're meant to become more mature, no longer infants. They're meant to grow up and they're meant to begin to help others in the way that they had been helped. So there's this picture again of kind of the reason a disciple is going there is not just to find his little shepherd his little flock of sheep so he can help them. He's going there to begin to build up those new infants in Christ so that they would grow up and become more mature. And we're going to go to uh, a couple more passages. Ephesians 4, 11 through 16 is a great one for this. Um, Paul is talking about the structure of the church, and he says, And he, Jesus, gave some as apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, some as pastors and teachers, for equipping the saints for the work of service. For building up the body of Christ, until we attain to the unity of the faith, the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature man, the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. We are no longer to be children, tossed here and there by waves, and carried by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of man, by craftiness and deceitful scheming, but by speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ. So, there's this picture of growing up into the image of Jesus that the all the leaders the people who that the body has been given apostles they've been given prophets they've been given evangelists pastors teachers they've been given these people in order to be built up so that they can work into the grow up into the work of service uh, again so this kind of goes against the the picture of a you have a shepherd there and their disciples so I'm kind of going to stop there I think this is enough kind of evidence to kind of point out what I'm trying to say. And that is that there is a picture in Scripture of sheep and a shepherd, of people, leaders taking care of the flock. But then that is not where you're supposed to stay. That is not supposed to be a permanent situation. Because the other picture that we have, even in the same book, same author, same person saying it, you, know, you have Paul, Jesus, Peter, you have these people all saying it. You have the writer of Hebrews saying it. Um, that maturity is is something that's supposed to be achieved. It's supposed to be reached. It's a it's a marker. It's somewhere where you're meant to go to and eventually you get there and you're expected to get there. Um so those this picture of the, the shepherd and the sheep is only accurate for as much time as it's worth, and then it stops being accurate. 
Because eventually those people who are the sheep that you're caring for, they're meant to be mature, into maturity. And if they're not doing that, then like we see with the author of Hebrews, there's something wrong. You ought to, we ought to start looking at it and say, what's going on that these people are staying like sheep, that these people are remaining infants? Because it, it ought to point us to humbly have kind of a repentant seeking of God and saying, well, why aren't they growing up into maturity? Why aren't they, why isn't there a general growing into being able to teach? Why, why aren't these people look like the disciples of Jesus? Why, why don't they look like uh, Peter or Thomas? Why don't they look like John going out and, and sharing the truth and leading others to know the truth, being able to teach others the scriptures, being able to explain the gospel, being able to help others to know him, being fishers of men. Like, why don't they look like that? You know, when you start to see that, there ought to be that question of why. There shouldn't be a, well, this is generally it because I'm a shepherd and these are the flock and I need to take care of my sheep. And So that's kind of the, the idea of the podcast today um, is this cliche, shepherd and the sheep has some accuracy, but it's not completely accurate. Although it's maybe nice to talk about from time to time, we really, really, even when we talk about it, we need to avoid this being the image that we have. And then for a lot of people who are, who are churchgoers who haven't heard this before, I would ask you that if this is the primary way that you think about the church, that it's shepherds and sheep, I would ask you to really challenge that. Really look into the scriptures and see, is that accurate? Is that really what scriptures are saying and if it's not have the humility and the just humility before god to say lord i want to read your word and i want to see what you say the church is supposed to be what am i supposed to be as a christian because that's the real question is for those of us who are in the congregation what are we meant to be are we just meant to be sheep and we're being taken care of we can kind of blame the uh, pastor if we're not so much or are we called to really be mature in christ disciples well end there if you enjoyed today's podcast please subscribe for continued episodes um, i'm tim my wife is ann um, let me uh, pray us out real quick father thank you so much for this time of learning together today of exploring your scriptures lord i pray that we would go away with a better understanding of who you are and what you call us to lord i thank you for the wonderful adventure you've set us on in this relationship with your son Lord, I thank you that you love us, you care for us, and that you desire us to grow in our understanding and in our living out uh, the life of your Son in this world. Lord Jesus, help us to live as you lived. Help us to grow into the fullness of your image, Lord, so that we can represent you well as your ambassadors here in Jesus' name. Amen.